You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. On this episode of The Dev Show, we're talking about blogging. Now, I love blogging so much, I wrote a book on it. I'm also the author of Write on Blogging, 51 Tips to Create, Write, and Promote Your Blog, and I have three wonderful guests from different parts of the blogosphere. So let's get started. We have Mike Alton, the blogging brute, and he's like the Yera Agorapulse is awesome guy. And we have Kate Farrell, who's another mango author, who's the author of Story Power, among others. And she's got a very interesting, you all have different takes on blogs, which is why I assembled you today in this manner. And then we have Dave Watson, who is a teacher and author, and he has the Movies Matter website. So we've got content blogger, storytelling blogger, entertainment blogger, and blogger lover. So that would be, well, all of us. So why don't you just take a minute, introduce yourselves, and we will start with Mike. Yeah, so I'm Mike Alton, and uh, I do wear a lot of hats. I started blogging uh, under the social media hat hat uh, almost a decade ago, and then I started working for Agora Pulse about four years ago, and I also started Blogging Brute on the side, which really was just kind of a diversion. I wanted to talk about blogging a lot more than I did on the social media hat, and so I wear all these hats. I'm also a member of the 360 Marketing Squad, where I got to write The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing with my co-authors, Jen Herman, Stephanie Liu, and Amanda Robinson. Excellent. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. And Kate, why don't you tell everybody more about yourself and how you became blogger Kate? <laughs> Hi, I, I actually am an old time storyteller, a retired librarian. And in retirement, I really was in transition. And at the same time, I realized that I had more, more energy than I thought I was going to have and more creative energy And I went back to my passion, which is storytelling. And uh, because I'm here in San Francisco and I've known Brenda Knight for quite a long time, I was able to pitch my idea for a how-to book on the art of storytelling for adults. And because Mango decided to publish it, Brenda and I put our heads together and she said, you know, you really have to blog. And, <laughs> and and so I started blogging in January of 2019. 
Brenda actually created the name for the blog, Storytelling for Everyone, to give it this umbrella feeling. And I have loved blogging. And I have to say, of course, there's so much more to learn. I've learned even today looking at Mike's blog about blogging. And I'm eager to hear from everyone and find out how my blog can be even more effective in reaching out. Well, that is awesome. And I know you all from different lands. So Mike and I are friends from social media life. Uh, Dave and I met through Ken Lee and Michael Weesey Productions because when Dave's book came out, Ken said, you have to meet Dave. Okay. And, and Kate and I became friends through Mako. The thing that I love so much about blogging is it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, you have your own take and blogging is a way to invite people into your world. So Dave, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? Uh, sure. And that's the first time I've ever heard somebody has to meet me. But thank you, Deborah. Um, <laughs> I guess I launched my blog uh, six and a half years ago. No, seven and a half years ago. Sorry. And you start with what you love. And I've loved film since oh, uh, since the past, since the time I could probably walk. And so I've loved film. It brought all the storytelling elements together. Uh, somebody asked me once in high school, "Why are you working your way through Martin Scorsese films?" You know, Brian De Palma. All the all the directors start to finish, and I said, "If you watch a director's work, you see the editing, the cinematography, the screenwriting, the acting." It's all there. All the storytelling elements are there. So starting a blog, I did that. And then a friend of mine said, well, why don't you interview people as well? And I'd done it on radio before uh, when I lived in Seattle. Now I'm in Madison, Wisconsin, the center oh, of- Oh, Badger. Well, yes, yes, Deborah. I know. I had, since Deborah, you are a Badger, a graduate of University of Wisconsin, I had to say, we had to touch on that at some point tonight. So- um, so it started with what you love, but then I, I love interviewing people and meeting them and from the various points of view that they come from and the aspects of their work. And I love reaching out to authors. I just interviewed an international bestselling author named Simon McCleave, but I also interviewed um, whose Ruth Hunter series is on book nine and been optioned to be in development in the UK. But to go back to the start, a friend of mine said, uh, why don't you interview John Badham? the director of War Games, Saturday Night Fever, and some movies back in the day. And, and I said, yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. And he said, because he's got a new book coming out on directing. And I just, I love meeting these people and sharing ideas and bringing people together and creating a community for storytelling. Now, the virtual community of storytelling, I think, has been very powerful for about the last year. And I'm, I am betting that all of you would agree, <laughs> since, unfortunately, the pandemic hit. But a lot of people are reading, they're writing, and they're streaming a lot. And storytelling, I think, is very, very powerful to get through. Uh, I think it was William Goldman who once said, you know, we need stories to get us through the night. And so that's why I'm thrilled to be here with you three tonight. Well, and and thank you. That really is true. Storytelling is the essence of everything. I've had a blog since 2007, 2008, when that was my original blog was for Write On Online. And now I've got one for the Deb Method. And that is where I have my recaps and my news and my events. So if nothing else, your blog is a good hub to introduce people into your world. 
And you've all touched on this a little bit, but I'd love for you to dive deeper. Uh, what are the benefits of blogging? And Kate, since you're probably the newest of the bloggers, but let's let you feel this one first. Well, I have to say that I have enjoyed it very much and it's been a benefit to me personally. Um, and I think that's good to say because uh, just the, the fact of creating a blog and I do a blog three times a week, which maybe isn't a lot, but it's one of the things that Mango requested. They requested that I do a blog three times a week. And so it was a push, you know, what kind of content am I going to provide? And as I would, you know, germinate these ideas and get feedback from others and, and develop a larger subscription base, I realized how much benefit and how much community building uh, was going on. Um, and, and actually it was, it, it was a surprise because I didn't think that people were going to enjoy the traditional stories uh, as much as they do. Um, and so I've been what um, Mike would call curated blog. <laughs> Curation. So I, I poach from public domain <clears throat> portals, collection of folk tales and legends and from all across the world. And I'm able to provide this with some scholarship. And remember, I'm sort of a researcher anyway. So the combination of story content that is old and authentic with the resource and uh, credibility behind it, I think it, it has opened my mind and my subscribers are authors, they're fiction writers, they're moms, they're dads, they're grandparents, and, and just the general public. And I believe that we've all benefited from understanding the continuity of tradition, that we, we don't get a chance to learn about in more depth. So, so for me, that's very specific. But the other part is that because I am a mango author and because they want me to blog three times a week, I do that at the same time of the day. And the mango intern on East Coast time picks it up and runs it through all of their social media accounts. Nice. And the thing that you're, you're mentioning not just the content, but the process. And I think three times a week is great. I always think like once a week, minimum, twice a week, great, three times a week, awesome. I, I once had someone who was going to start his blog with the word daily in the title. And I said, I'm all about you setting yourself up for success. You do realize if you have daily in the title, <laughs> you are setting an expectation. And he adjusted it to be almost daily which is perfect, but you have a system and a rhythm, which is a wonderful way. Not only that, you've taken the things that you love that you're sharing with the world. And so Mike, as the longest blogger here, <laughs> what, what is your take on the benefits, the value of blogging? 
Yeah, so I, I thought, you know what, I should share a story. And Dave, you're going to really appreciate this. It was about, I don't know, five or six years ago. And one of my existing clients who had an e-commerce membership site reached out to me. And she said, Mike, I've got an old friend and colleague who really needs your help. And I'd, I'd like you to meet him and work with him. His name is Gary W. Goldstein. And he was the producer, Pretty Woman, and Under Siege. She used to work with him when she was working in Hollywood. She used to work uh, with Ryan Seacrest. But they're old-time friends. And Gary had just launched his book, um, Breaking into Hollywood or Conquering Hollywood. I forget how he, how he ended up titling it. But it was his guide for writers and other people behind the scenes who wanted to get into Hollywood and get into the movie business. And he wanted to kind of pair that book with an online course and training and masterclass and mastermind and however he wanted to do it. So they were coming to me for social media advice and content marketing advice. And we decided together, okay, Gary, you need to start blogging. You need to start creating content out there. So, and here's the answer to the question, so that people will know what you have to offer them beyond just a Hollywood producer, because that's great. People will love to know him and he's like a terrific human being, but they don't know without reading and learning and, and going through some of the his stories, how much he can help them kind of navigate the waters of getting into Hollywood and actually becoming a screenwriter. I mean, how do you do that? It's, it's, there's a process there. A lot of it's relational. And so he, through his blog, started sharing his stories of Hollywood behind the scenes type of things and weaving into it the lessons that he learned and the lessons that he's then teaching through his books and his courses. So he did the classic example of using the blog content to demonstrate authority which could then lead to business results. It's easier, my air quotes, to blog, I think, as a nonfiction writer because you have content and material. However, mostly, so Kate does research and blogs about stories, so not necessarily nonfiction. And we have Dave who blogs about films and filmmaking. So there, there really is, it doesn't matter your expertise or your slant, there's always something to blog about. And I didn't let Dave answer the question. So Dave, will you please share what you think are the benefits of blogging? Well, I think my first two colleagues answered it pretty thoroughly. Um, and they gave specific examples, which I think is very telling. I think the benefits of blogging, there, there are many. Uh, some people use it as a private journal, almost. have <laughs> noticed that. And then other people use it as a bridge to become known. And somebody said those two words to me many years ago, a fellow writer in Seattle. She said, you know, become known out there. And because we all have a distinctive voice, almost no matter what. I couldn't write like Kate or Mike or Deborah. I couldn't. Right? I, I could try. I might dress as nice as you someday, but... Uh, it, but your your true voice will shine through, and it's contributing to the virtual community and it's contributing to uh, the community at large as well. So the benefits of blogging also is um, some people have said building your audience too. If you want, this sort of jives with what you said, Mike, is that people, you become known out there, you share it in social media sites, or if you create your own newsletter and some people will think say the daily newsletter oh that just that sounds like 1940s or 50s which is fine but almost daily then people say oh 
that's you know it's it's almost witty it's it's a witty way of saying oh you, you've got my attention now so it's becoming known and expressing yourself but also learning about other people that otherwise i'm not sure it is a truly unique unique avenue i think to to writing and to gaining knowledge and to meeting people and i love it so i mentioned right on online before I originally started my blog because I had this community and it was a mm -hmm. good place to put up my newsletters. Mm -hmm. And then one day a friend of mine had a book coming out and I said, well, I have a blog. I'll interview you. Mm -hmm. And that's really what started me from yes. the newsletter, which is oh so important to mm -hmm. content beyond just me. And I think, what do you find? And I'm going to go back to Mike on this are the most Engage content, and you know everybody wants the everybody wants the magic bullet. Everybody wants to know what is the best thing, best way. What do I blog about? What do I post? And of course, the answer is there is no answer. There's only trial and error. Um, but for you, what do you find is the most uh, effective? Because there are different types of posts. So, what types of content do you put out there, and what do people love most? Oh, that's funny because I am in the midst of a series of blog posts, uh, 12 of them talking about 12 different kinds of blog posts because there's listicles, there's interviews like you just mentioned, uh, roundups and that sort of thing. Uh, personally, the posts that I've written in the past that have always performed the best over time are my how-to posts, right? I'm teaching somebody how to do blogging, how to do social media. My number one post over time continues to be um, the complete guide to Facebook mentions and tags, which doesn't sound very interesting, except apparently a lot of people really struggle with how to mention people and how to tag people and how to tag images on Facebook, which I knew from doing my homework in advance. So I wrote this really lengthy article on mentions and tagging, and it gets hundreds of people every single day who are Googling some aspect of that piece of information and then they're coming to my site and they're doing two things. Of course, they're getting the answer, but they're also learning about me at the same time. And I've identified that these people are coming. They're wanting to learn about Facebook. So I've built in some triggers to offer them some additional resources about Facebook. So for me, that's probably been the most successful type of post, that how-to technical documentation kind of an article. Kate, do you find some of your posts get more connection, social media love, engagement than others? I, I agree. And I was I was actually looking at those 12 categories uh, earlier. But, but I, I have this issue because my book, which is the whole reason for the blog, you know, it's promotion. How do I share portions of the book without encouraging people to actually buy the book? So, so what I have done is I've, I've done a how to kind of, uh, spin off. Say we're, we're in the pandemic. It's the holiday season. Being a teacher, librarian, I would put together a how to on sh what kinds of storytelling, sharing family stories can you do during the holiday that's safe? And I, I saw that people would pick up on that. So it means that I have to develop original how-to content that isn't exactly what's in the book. And and so that's a challenge. But I, I do think that it is um, a draw 
And one of the ways around that, I think, is when I've done workshops and the people in the storytelling workshops have contributed their own stories and their own process, then I can share them on the blog. So you have not just your content, but user generated content, which is like, if you can get people so engaged with what you're blogging about that they want to share, that's wonderful. In dates, what gets the most juice? Um, it's actually the interviews. And so I started my blog from scratch, uh, Dave says movies matter.com. And it's just, I just reach out to people. They're anxious to promote their work, of course, but also to share ideas. And because with cinematographers and writers and editors, they, and professors, even they've, they come from all various points of view and perspectives. And I, I think that's what gets the most, that's what fuels me the most. I actually don't blog that much. So. But but I well I got I only do that because I feel like well it's something that's here's where I'm perhaps I'm a little too more too self-effacing, but I, I think well no I'll share my I two cents on something that but the interviews and everything else and my reviews because I also review what I see and do book reviews as well because stories matter really right or writing matters stories matter um they They'll get actually the most uh, comments, yeah. And I think so. That's why I think that's why I think it's wonderful. So I, well, I think it, it's also mentally healthy too. I don't know if we can touch on that at some point. Um, go. <laughs> You're on a roll. Keep going. I'm fine with that. Well, I think even if I'm, say Mike, if you wrote a very technical document, you think, oh well, this will never. This is the classic story. You think, oh, this won't go over too big, right? And then it takes off. And that's wonderful because some people, because people want to generate eyeballs and they want to generate community and togetherness, right? However they can. And so I, th I think that's a wonderful story that you told. Dave, are your interviews written or do you, is it audio or video? It's, it's written. So I'll sometimes zoom and conduct them through audio, but then I write the transcript and then I invented my own way of doing this. I say to the author, I'll have a look at it. You have a look at it. And then... I'll post and I can strike it within 12 hours if you don't like what you see. And so, and so they said, okay, very good. And then that was called professional, which shocked me. <laughs> I said, well, of course, you know, I want to promote your work and I want to talk with you and get your ideas out to the world. So why wouldn't I? I think those mutually beneficial situations mm -hmm. are great because, well, for example, this, episode. I'll do a recap with all the links in it and also share and then share it to YouTube. So it's the one piece of content, this great conversation becomes a blog post, but also leads to other things. I send it to you all. You all share it and on and on and on. It's the whole, you tell two friends, but in this case, it's three and so on and so on. And I think that's a really great value in doing interviews because, of course, the person you're interviewing is going to want to share it. Yes, that harkens back to Donald Moss wrote a wonderful book called Writing the Breakout Novel. And and he said, you know what, the, the friendship and the word of mouth is the secret grease on the rails in publishing, right? I think if any of you three told me to see a movie or read a book, hmm, after tonight, I would trust you, right, versus my neighbor or the person I see at the dog park that I try to avoid, but I see them every time I go. Anyway, it's, it, it really is. The word of mouth is, is huge. 
So you take the recommendations from the people around you as well as you share the people around you. Mike, do you have anything else to add? Because I know you've got your 12 things. Uh, what are some other good ways to get other people involved to up the level of visibility and engagement and excitement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I, I love Dave's point, Dave's point about interviews because he's absolutely right. It's all about who you know, the relationships that you build. Yeah, I wouldn't have this book if I didn't have a friendship with Jen Herman, who you have on next week because one of her co-authors had a relationship with the publishers at Entrepreneur Press, right? So they reached out to her and she brought us in and we, we published this book. So to take interviews to, like, to the next level, I usually do roundup posts. Kind of like a group panel interview like this, only it's usually just written and you reach out to influencers in your niche and you ask them all the same basic question or just two or three basic questions. And then you publish all the responses together at once. Maybe they're other authors. Maybe they're like me. They're influencers in the social media space. It works with any niche, but you create one piece of blog content with five, 10, 20 different people. And again, now you get this multiplier effect, right? Where they're all going to share with their audiences to their social channels, maybe email even, maybe blog posts, lots of options there to get in front of their audiences. You know, that that is such a great idea. And one of the things that's happened with storytelling is that it's all gone virtual. And it, it has been inhibiting because, you know, it's a, the spoken art, the oral tradition is live. It's improv. It happens with a live audience. But the virtual audience has also been expansive because we've been able to connect all across the country. We've been able to be more diverse. Uh, and so, so when you were talking about that, you know, I've met so many storytellers and, you know, we're starting to create, you know, recognition because we'll be in the back, uh, backstage, even if we're not performing and they'll see us. So, I could do that. And if it's print, then I could do a roundup, right? So that's what you're saying, Mike. You ask them a few questions and then everyone, I think that would be hilarious. Because oh, so Kate's like taking notes. She's like, I'm going to try these things, which is great because then what you could do is when you send it out there, you tag Mike and you tag me and you tag Dave because you learned this when we were having this conversation. And the reason I started doing the group conversations is because I know so many different people. And like I mentioned before, so I've known Dave probably the longest. And this is the first time we've had a conversation. Uh, and Mike and I met several years ago at Social Media Marketing World. It was a hi, great to meet you, mutual friends, hug, connect. And Kate is my newest friend that we, we're, we're mangoes together. And one thing that Mango does that I've been told not other, not every publisher does is they're very good at resharing. Because when I mention to people who interview me, oh, yes, I will share it. But Mango will as well. They're like, really? And I'm like, doesn't everybody's publisher share? The other thing that we're kind of dovetailing in is it's not just about the blogging. It's about the networking. It's about the connecting. It's utilizing all those things. So the blog, in a way, is kind of a means to an end. What do you think, Dave? 
<laughs> yes, I would absolutely agree. And luckily, we enjoy the means. And so and hopefully we enjoy the ends as well. But I, I do. And I think it starts with your own creative voice, with your own unique voice, you know, what you choose to write about. And I think I think that is a wonderful thing. And what you do with your website as well. Oh, let, let's talk about that. So elaborate. No, it's okay just to have a blog. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard this storytelling phenom. It's a uh, less is more. And sometimes people, uh, you know, when blogging first, I am I am not sure when blogging. Back then it was called web blogging. But a friend of mine would uh, take the bus to work and he would sign on to a few blogs on the way just to read them on the bus. I said, oh, why do you do that? He goes, you know, it's a paragraph and these people really think about it. And he said, this one person doesn't think about it too much, but then it's unconscious, it's subconscious writing. And so he goes, I see the different kinds of writing out there and it's a great way to start the day. And so, and he's taking the bus and the people who blog, they probably have no idea. <laughs> That's kind of one of the, one of my favorite ironies is that it's just, it's out there on the web and it's, it's published and it's, it's spreading and can spread at different times. And, you know, it's reached my, a friend of mine who takes the bus and he just thoroughly enjoys it and it starts his day well. And, and it's a great gift to give someone. And you never know who's reading you. Correct. Do you, does anybody, I'm opening this up, do any of you have a great story of someone who emailed you out of the blue because they read your blog? I have a short one. <laughs> Somebody joined my mailing list and it's a, he was a Queen's Council in England. And then another person who uh, was an engineer from Scotland. So for, for some reason, I appeal to that dimmer, that area of the world and I'm not sure. I did 23 and me and I came back 96% British. So I wasn't too shocked, but oh. anyway, but I digress. Uh, one of them emailed me out of the blue and said, way to go. Thanks for all the effort. And that's all he said. So, you know, right. and, and those, those kinds of things are, are wonderful to see. Wonderful to hear. Right. I, I think the, um, the most flattering one was from a friend of mine, Martha Conway, who wrote a New York times, um, well, it was a. It was definitely reviewed and mentioned, and on a short list. I don't know if it was a bestseller, but it was Underground River, uh, an incredible historical novel. And Martha um, emailed me just recently and said, oh, "I love getting your stories, and they're really um, stimulating." And I can just see her mind working that a story, a folktale, might really stimulate a little part of her imagination as she's writing her new uh, book. So you never know. And that just made me really happy. And then I'll just see a whole variety of different people sign up with, um, you know, Arabic names, Hindu names. And, and I think that's because uh, the stories are very um, uh, universal and I told a Haja, which is a, a very famous once the Haja. I don't know if you know, Nazarut and the Haja stories are told throughout the Middle East. And I, I sent one out, um, my favorite, last Friday. And then I saw all these Hindu names sign up. So, so you never know where that, who the hell was, oh, excuse me, who was, <laughs> who, who on earth found that? story and and you never know i mean it's just out there 
you know, crawling through cyberspace. So it's very gratifying to know that people are chiming in and they will chime in depending on how that particular blog post strikes them. So, so I guess the thing that I'm feeling is the more varied my storytelling is, the more wide my network is, even though my focus is actually very narrow. Mm, but there's a storytelling principle there that the more specific it is, the more universal in appeal. And so, yeah, so that's, I think that's a wonderful story, especially you reach halfway around the world. Mike, you ready yeah, to, no, you absolutely. ready to chime in? Yeah. In fact, I tell people that all the time, right? For one person. Um, and I, and I, that, I didn't make that up. I think Stephen King said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He writes for his wife, and I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't know him. But uh, one interesting – I get emails you know, from, from people all the time, but uh, one fun story was actually a social media marketing world, and this was, uh, I think, 2017. And I had been to a uh, really phenomenal session with Marcus Sheridan. And after his session, his was late in the afternoon. So it was like the next thing was the big keynote. So I walked downstairs and I'm standing outside and the doors are closed. And this is where, like, where everybody's going to go. And Bella Vasta, who I had just met recently, like that year, who's another social media influencer. She comes up, she's standing next to me and she had walked down with Marcus. I'd never met Marcus face to face. Um, and he's a, Big time author. I don't know if everybody knows who Marcus is. He's written many, many books, was a pool owner and turned their, their business around through blogging and content marketing. And that's what he was teaching was like bottom of funnel creating content. And he introduced me to Bella. He knew who I was. Uh, my blog had been entered in Social Media Examiner's top social media blogs contest, and Marcus was one of the judges. And not only had he read my blog, he had loved it, and he started just going on and on about how great my writing was to this other person. And I was just floored. I could not believe somebody of his stature in the business, in the industry, knew who I was and, and had read my work and thought it was good. So that, that has always stood out to me. So you were fanboying him and he was fanboying you? Yes, you could say that. You can't make that stuff up. <laughs> Since we're on you, I want to talk about SEO because mm. that's huge. I mean, what what's the point of a blog if no one reads you? We can share it. We can tag people. We can throw things out to the universe. But you also want people to find you. So, Mike? I'll preface everything I'm going to say with this. What you want out of your blog depends a great deal on, on and, and will steer how much time you have to put into SEO. Because like was Dave was saying, you could have a blog just for your own thoughts. That's what the original blogs were. And if, if it's, you're just journaling, you really don't need to worry about SEO. You're not really trying to reach an audience, you're not trying to sell anything. But as a business or a blogger who's trying to earn money from their blog, you're a business too. That means you want people to find you probably via search. So the one big advice that I always have for people is to do your homework. Use a tool like Google Keyword Planner or SEMrush. There's lots of other options out there, Ahrefs, and find out what people are actually searching on today, because it's probably not what you thought. The simplest difference can make the difference. I created a product a few years ago 
I called it a blog planner. And it was just a series of pages that let people think through and plan out their content for a full year. And I sold it for a full year. And then about a year later, this was in 2018, I went to optimize it and update it. I had calendars in there. And then I did my homework. I should have done that a while back. And I realized people weren't searching for blog planner. They were searching for blogging planner, which to all of us here, oh, that sounds the same. But to Google, that makes a difference. Those words, blog and blogging, are not the same thing. It's semantic, and Google's getting better at understanding semantics, but it's still not quite there yet. We're talking about a difference of 100 people a month versus like 10,000 people a month. It's a significant difference in search volume. So I changed. It's now blogging planner, and the, the page is blogging planner, and I use that phrase, that specific phrase throughout the text. That's what gets you on a page one search result at Google. Keyboard Planner is a nice place to start because it's free. It won't save your results, though. It's not going to be robust. So SEMrush is usually what I tell people to upgrade to because it's about 100 bucks a month. You know, So this has to be a, a little bit of a serious venture that you're doing. But with SEMrush, you can save all of your research because you're going to plug in a phrase. Like I plugged in Blog Planner. I might plug in launch a blog and these tools will tell you or me okay this is how many people were searching on that phrase last month did you think about all these others did you think about how to start a blog how to create a blog how to start a mom blog how to start an entrepreneur blog and you'll learn through the process of of doing that research oh these are terms i can either focus on or maybe these are great blog posts themselves. And then you can save all those searches, at least the ones that you want to target on, and you can track your website performance and you can come back to it a month later and see how you're doing. Excellent. So if you don't want to be found, you want to blog for yourself, fine. But if you're blogging for yourself, you're probably not tuning in to this blogging panel. <laughs> I am a huge fan of the Yoast plugin, which is if you have it, I know it's, I'm a big WordPress blog fan and it's, you put in your keywords and your key phrases and it turns green when you did your SEO right. And that's just kind of gamifying blogging. That's one way to look at it. any other thoughts or tools to best either gamify or get the most out of your reach. Yeah, Crack Yoast it. is definitely the one that every site needs to have if you're on WordPress. You, you got to have Yoast in there because uh, if you did your homework, you've got the keyword phrase that you want to target for your site or for that particular post. And like you said, you just plug that in and Yoast will tell you, oh, you didn't put it in the title of the blog post. Oh, you didn't use it in any of the headings or your 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 post is long, which is great, but you only use that phrase three times, and for a post that size, you should use it seven times. It, it it just tells you all those things, so you can take just ten minutes and go back to the text and sort that out. I do like um, the headline analyzer. I think it's from Coast Schedule, and the headline analyzer. Once you've got a, an idea for like a search engine friendly title, you can pop that into headline analyzer and see. Okay. That may be technically correct, but it's not very emotional. It's not very powerful. Let's punch up the language a little bit so that it's actually interesting to readers. Because while we want search engines to put our content in front of readers, 
we still need to actually get readers to see the title, be interested, see the first sentence and want to continue reading on right throughout the second paragraph and all the way down to the end of the post. Cause if they get bored, they're going to back out and then that's not going to help anybody. Excellent. Thank you, Dave, Kate, do you have anything to add about the technicals behind? Well, <clears throat> I was wondering about visuals. So one of the ways, I bring readers in is to look for a compelling visual that will either go with that folktale or a personal story or a how-to. Uh, the visual seems to be um, important, and I've discovered that the visual has to be sized correctly so that it feeds <laughs> so that it feeds into Twitter correctly, etc. So I don't know <clears throat> if there's a way to measure visual impact on a post. Probably not. When you're starting your blog, and I always say everything goes back to the dev method. You're doing a blog, determine your mission. Why are you blogging? What do you hope it accomplishes? Explore your options. When are you going to blog? How will you blog? Lengths, heights, et cetera. Brainstorm your path, throw everything out there and all your action items, put them all together and do them. But it, when you start with that foundation, what you're blogging about, why you're blogging about, the mission behind it, and look to what you're blogging. What are your visuals going to be like? Are you going to go take pictures or use clip art? Or maybe you want to embed videos or, uh, or photos. You don't know, but those are kind of, I, I'm leading into my next question. You don't know this, but I do. Um, when you're starting out, if you have that foundation, if you've asked yourself those questions, you're really setting yourself up for success. So that is my tip for, for bloggers. And now guess what? I'm going to ask you all to share your favorite blogging tip. And I feel like it's Dave's turn to talk. So Dave? Uh, uh, sure. I'll talk, of course. Uh, the favorite tip, my goodness, is to uh, stay open to meeting people. All right. So I'm I'm thrilled to be here and meet you all three face to face tonight. And of course, this wouldn't have happened if I'd never started my blog. Um, but also, I like this. I like the idea of setting up a solid foundation. Then, of course, it comes with discipline. So, Deborah, I think you wrote a book about this, about setting your goals and keeping them and maintaining them. Okay. Yes, great little book that where you can kind of align, it sort of gives you the why. Sort of this is almost like Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, right? It just sets you off on your path and on your mission. And I think that's really, I think that's really key to when you sit down and blog. And I, I can say this as a trumpet player because Wynton Marsala said this to my teacher many years ago. He said, whenever I pick up my trumpet, I think of making something musical. And that's it. <laughs> and it's what he sets out to do every time. And he has for goodness, 40 years now, I think so, or, well, of course, in the spotlight for 40 years, much longer than that. So I think it just, I think it's a wonderful uh, thing to just have your start with why and, and stick with it. Excellent. And, and before we jump back to Kate, a mm -hmm. LinkedIn user uh, has an answer to your question. Uh, I believe Sprout Social has tools that can help determine the effect of images on a post it's proven that an image or video does increase how many people interact with the post. So uh, for some reason, I don't have a person. I just have a 
a character that says LinkedIn user, but uh, whoever wrote that, we thank you. So, Kate, what is your best tip for bloggers or blogging? Well, for me, it's been focus and having the book and its content and its mission has been a wonderful focus. So whenever I sit down, I think to myself, what is a story that's going to really meet uh, today's need? What is a story that is going to either be a how-to story about your process or an old folktale or legend that's going to be topical or seasonal, that's appropriate? And, you know, it will, it, sometimes it will just come to me and I will say, oh, of course, that's the one. So it's, it's connecting to the listener, reader, and story. And what's underneath all of that is that we all love the tradition. We all come from that tradition. And I want people to appreciate the common ground that we all have. So that's that's where I'm going. And there was one incredible thing that happened um, with a mango <clears throat> a mango panel, and it had to do with uh, a woman who'd helped write the Random Acts of Kindness book, and she happened to be from Russia and a very old, wise person. And that particular day, I had decided to post Baba Yaga and the kind-hearted girl. And that was so perfectly timed with a panel that came later that day. And, and I thought I had to bring it up. I had to say, this is my story for us, for what you're saying. And, and I think we were, we were moved by that. So it, it is really to always be connected to purpose and the listener or the, the reader. I love that. Yes, absolutely. And, and you, you kind of <laughs> spun off of what Dave was saying, you know, be open to the possibilities, keep your eyes and ears open. I, I do a lot of writing panels on where do your ideas come from? Well, all you have to do, that was the panel we did together, actually. All you have to do is look around because your life, your experience, the people around you, the senses, the emotions, there's content everywhere. And also going back to the, the finding your purpose, uh, Dave was talking about my book, you know, the D is determine your mission. And it works for your life. It works for your content when you have the mission for what you're doing. And then I always say shorten it to a motto because my mission statement is long. I do not have to share it, but my motto is goal setting simplified. So anything I throw out into the world is under that particular framework because that's what I stand for. So when you know what you're stand for and why you are speaking and what you are sharing, that also makes blogging a lot easier, easier, more fun, more in alignment with what you hope to get out of it. And Mike, 
Your turn. Best blogging tip. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you watching, start with what all these three people have said, because you're starting with setting the goal, you're laying the foundation, you're building relationships, and you're focused on your mission, your accomplishments, and reaching out to people. And this is exactly how you want to be successful at blogging. So my tip's a little more practical because this is where I see Please. people struggling so much. And that is to write about what you know. So often I'm, I'm talking to bloggers, I'm talking to businesses who are really struggling with writing. And I look at what they're writing and they're like, I, I say, you know, how much time do you spend creating a blog post? And they're like, oh gosh, Mike, it's like eight or 10 hours. It's like, really? They're writing research papers. You know, they're going out and they're researching facts and statistics and they're bringing all this information. I'm like, well, that might have been great for college. That's not so good for a blog. It's taking you lots of time and time that would be much better spent doing something else. And I think more importantly, if I write a research paper, that's not me. That's not my voice. You don't get to know me. You're not learning anything about me. You're just learning the stuff that I was able to regurgitate from, you know, Wikipedia and other kinds of resources. So if we stick with what we know, I mean, obviously there's exceptions. There's things we might need to, you know, research a little bit. But for the most part, if we write about what we know, it'll come out faster. It'll come out easier. I guarantee you, I mean, Kate, you might speak to this. If you read my articles, it sounds just like me talking because I really just, I just write very conversationally. And when people have me on their shows, they're like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how you, you write. That's, you sound just like a, your blog post that I read the other day. That's on purpose. That's very much on purpose. That's how I'm able to write so often and for so long and publish so much. I, I had a Brian Brady, who's um, a game game designer, game teacher, game enthusiast. And he's one of my friends from a different part of my life. So he was on the show back when we did hitting the reset button. And he said he actually hears my voice when he's reading my book, which is like <laughs> the best compliment you can have as a writer. And, and when I wrote my blogging book, I said I was born to blog because I've always written the way that I speak. And I, I cannot co-sign what you just said, Mike, enough, because when I have clients, I'll say you have 20 minutes to write this blog post. And they'll be like, what? I said, OK, you can have an hour. But if you're spending five hours on your blog post, you're doing you're either not writing about the right thing or you're just overthinking beyond beyond and i might lose authenticity i think i think it's very powerful what what mike and kate said and that is if you do spend hours your real voice may not shine through it may get lost in there and you may sound like someone else but if you're authentic and unique and well crafted or reasonably well crafted it'll shine through that that's kind of a theme through all of these storytelling conversations is the whole stay authentic, stay yourself, because that's that's your uniqueness. That's what you have to offer the world. I, in I I think if we tried really hard, we could probably find crossover between the panel of something that. We've all written about our personal experiences. I think we'll just go for the widest net. We've all written about personal experiences at some point, at least once or a gazillion times. Yes, everybody is nodding. Mm -hmm. 
all of our experiences are going to be different. Mike and I write about blogging differently. Kate and I write about story differently. Dave and I write about movies differently. We're all unique beings. And what makes us unique beyond everything else is our voice. And if blogging is the way in which you choose, or the, the vehicle with which you choose to use your voice, then embrace it and use your voice. Absolutely. I'm just going to say real quick that my blog had nothing to do with my memoir, Walk About Undone, that uh, came out just a few years ago. And, but it led to the publication of it, of course, because I said I've had a unique experience in Australia. I have to write about it. I must. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with my blog, but I said, no, but it's a part of you. And that's what an Aussie friend of mine said as well. That's a great question that you just answered. And I'm going to ask the other the other two for this. So in what way, surprising or not, has your blog benefited the rest of you? <clears throat> Kate, you can go. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> Because of the pandemic and because it was rigidly, religiously followed in San Francisco and because I was in a high-risk age group and still am, blogging to me was a window that gave me access every week. It connected me personally. I felt that I had something to say. And, and what I, I really gained uh, from the three of you is I realized when, even if I picked a story from public domain, from another source, I actually heard myself telling that story. I embrace that particular wisdom myself. And, and so I think I've grown, it's been nurturing, and it's given me a sense of connection and um, finally, authority. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, for, for me, the obvious answer is career. I, I would not work for Agorapulse like I do today if I, if I hadn't blogged about Agorapulse and met the CEO and so on. But for me, even more impactful for that is, is having a best friend. One of my co-authors, Stephanie Liu, is my best friend. We talk every day. We share ideas. We support each other. Wouldn't it matter if it weren't for the blog and weren't for me going to social media examiners, social media marketing world? Wow. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> it opens you up. One thing blogging gives you is access. Same way podcasting gives you access. Same way live streaming gives you access. If you have a window with which you can help other people share their stories, then there's got to be a better word for it. But it, you're the vehicle. You know, you are the platform to embrace other people and share because if you you basically meet anybody you want and say, I have a blog, can I interview you? The worst they can say is no. Hasn't happened yet, so I'm glad. But what people haven't said no. <laughs> no one's ever not said yet. no to you. <laughs> not from my blog. No, in other spheres of life, yes, but not not my blog. <laughs> we have three more pieces of business here. We need to give a blogging goal to the people who are tuning in. So, what is one thing? And of course, we're going to give three blogging goals because there are three of you. 
Mike, what blogging goal would you like to bestow upon our listeners? The the most important goal to me usually is identify, and this is going back to that SEO and the keyword research, identify that phrase that you'd want to rank number one in Google for that would drive actual business results, whatever those results are. If it's selling a product, selling your time, selling a book, signing up for your list, whatever. Identify that phrase and then create the ultimate guide to that thing. It doesn't, you don't have to call it that, but it needs to be a massive piece of content that talks about that phrase, whatever that phrase is. That should be your goal. Like for the next quarter is to create what I would call a pillar piece around that phrase. And that's going to lead you on your journey to ranking very, very well for that particular phrase. Love it. And who wants to follow that goal? Kate? Sure. <laughs> that that was wonderful. I think that's great. And and to be so targeted. But but I think my uh, sense of how my blog has developed, especially during this time of isolation, is to be open to other influence, to other impact, almost a, a sense of what people need at that time. So, um, I, yeah, I, I was actually very surprised that people were as interested in the old stories. And, and so I began to really be more targeted in that direction. Whereas I thought, oh, you know, the way, the trendy way, it's all personal narrative, personal story. But, but really there was a hunger for the old layered wisdom that comes from the old tales. So I, I went with that. So I think being open to response, be open to what others are asking for. That's great because as a blogger, you're also performing a service. You are sharing information that other people want or need. And you're going back to the mission. What is the mission for your blog? Is it to entertain? Is it to inform? Is it to educate? It can be any one of those things and more, but be open and have some self-awareness of what you are doing, why you are doing and how it helps others. So Great goal. Love it. Dave. I would say, I'm going to go a little bit old school here, but say do one thing for your blog every day, whether it's writing, whether it's the visual layout, thinking of you, Kate, or whether it's targeting that phrase and recrafting that phrase, because it may change, right? Of course, we sleep on it, we wake up the next day, and it might be a little bit different. Our goal might be different. So I would say whether it's for your writing, for your craft, or for your um, marketing, increasing your exposure out into the world, do at least one thing every day. And also, I might add this, if I can, I would do it when you have the optimal energy. I'm a morning person. I can get up at 6 or 6.30 after 9 o'clock at night. I'm pretty useless. Not totally useless, but close. And um, and I, I say, you know, I do my best writing in the middle of, in the start of the day. So I would work on it every day at the time where you have the most energy and most focus. Yeah. That's a really good point. This could actually be your tip unless you want to do a different one. But going back to the self-aware, know the people around you, but also know yourself. What's going to, what's going to get you excited? I, I feel, I feel compelled. And this is more, more tip than goal, but we can call it both is have fun. 
if you are putting things out in the world and you're having fun while you are writing them, it's going to show all over what you are creating. Absolutely. No, I believe it was no coward who said work is more fun than fun. And sometimes I find that to be the case. Before we wrap, please, Dave, where can people find you? Well, of course, they can find me at DaveSaysMoviesMatter.com. Wonderful. And Kate, where can people find you? Um, <clears throat> my website is KateFarrell.net. And the blog is StorytellingForEveryone.net. Excellent. And Mike? Yeah, so I'm blogging brute everywhere. And, and I just got to say what, what Dave was saying a moment ago really resonated with me because I just rejiggered my whole schedule so that I have two and a half hours every single morning to work on blogging and blogging brute because I just really want to pour more into that site. And I've been loving it. I've never had more fun in my life, but getting up at 530 in the morning and blogging. So if that's not crazy, I don't know what is. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much. I'm going to ask you all to share one final tip. Mike, Final tip. Yeah. So Kate was spot on when she said how important imagery is. So one of the things that I started doing a couple of years ago was making sure that I carve out time anytime I'm traveling or, or going anyplace to go on walks and I call them photo walks. So I've got my phone with me all the time and I'm just snapping hundreds and hundreds of pictures. When I was traveling, that was great. Even when I'm not traveling, my girls and I will go on walks in the woods and that sort of thing. So if you go to bloggingbrute.com, every single featured image on the 100 plus articles that are there, they're all personal photos that I've taken, which means I'm not using somebody else's stock photography, not losing, using lousy imagery. I'm using my own stock photography from my own library of pictures. I love that. And whether you're blogging a lot now or later, this photo stable is something that you can use forever. So totally love that tip. And Dave, do you have a final tip to share? Boy, if I was going to boil it down to one word, I would just say continue. Keep going. And one thing I like about what Mike just said is I didn't know he took lots of pictures. I didn't know he liked to walk. And so I think even with your blog, you know, we're learning more about the person. And I love to see it. But, you know, continue. Somebody said, you know, even if you hear less than stellar feedback or something, or somebody who disagrees with you, you know, hey, you're you. Okay. That's reason enough. Love it. Love it. Love it. And Kate, why don't you close us out? No pressure with an awesome final tip for our audience. Well, <clears throat> if possible, have a fandom, have a little supportive network of people who just love your posts, who think you're great. And, and I, I have to say, we're very lucky with Mango because every time I post, the social media intern will say, oh, I love this post. <laughs> I can't wait to put it on the website. So just having that enthusiasm, knowing that's my publisher, that it's a in-house kind of support system. Um, but, but even if it's your, your uh, friend or, you know, colleague, someone who really spurs you on and really gives you that extra push. That's Wonderful. And I feel like this is a really good time to mention my Write On Online Facebook group. I have a different uh, post thread every day. Monday is networking goals. Tuesdays is goal 
goals. Wednesday is blog share day, so you can come and share your blog post on the thread. Thursday's Toot Your Horn Thursday, people cheering you on. If you don't have your fandom, come join mine. And Friday is Photo Friday, post a pic from your week. And Mike, now that I know you take pictures, I'm going to be expecting more interaction with you on Fridays. And then Saturdays, share the weekend plans. And going with what Kate was saying, fandom, develop your community. You cannot reach your goals on your own. That's why we have conversations like this. That's why I love introducing my friends to each other and to all of you as well. And whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating, and whether your mode of storytelling is blog, podcast, video, imagery, all the above, some of the above, whatever you do, just keep enjoying and share the love of what you're doing with people around you because they're going to catch that. And it's going to elevate everything. Thank you again, Dave Watson, Mike Alton, and Kate Farrell for joining today's blogging party. You've got your blogging goals. You've got great advice. So go on out there, blog. Remember, you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.